So, Josh, man, so glad you could uh, come on to the show again. It's good having you back, buddy. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, su- Suicide Squad was the last one. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised yeah. you wanted to uh, come back onto the show after that. Well, when he told me that the movie was, I couldn't help myself. It's one of my favorites of all time. Really? Yeah. Big Spider-Man guy like me? Are you kidding? Yeah. Like I- Spider-Man 2 is the perfect oh. comic oh. book movie. Alfred Molina's Doc Ock. Oh. Uh, Peter Parker was, was truly Peter Parker. He was a dork. He messed up. He was... That train sequence. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, he he got just, like, Josh, kicked just, in Josh, the groin Josh, just, every no, scene. Just, just, did, did you get the email that Brendan sent you? Yeah. Do you have it? Can I can I see it? What's what's up? I I well, uh, Josh seems to think that we're watching Spider-Man Two, and I'm just taking a look at the email oh, you sent him. That's an oopsie doodle on my part. Yeah, Josh, it says two here, but we're we we were covering Spider-Man Three. Oh, Spider-Man. Okay. Well, what were they thinking? It makes it makes more sense. Um, I mean, we could pause. We could watch it. I mean, if you don't mind sticking around. Oh yeah, I got a lot of time. Um, actually, I think I have a spare copy that I was gonna bring to the dump in my car. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go get it. Okay, excellent. That'd be great. I don't. I don't think he's coming back, Brendan. Here, Here we, we go, go again. again. You know when I pick a movie, that's when I'm under pressure. Now the question always comes back to me: What will they think? Ladies and gentlemen, it's happening, it's here, it's finally on the podcast. I am Brendan. And I am Suffering, uh, <laughs> but I'm also Nathan. He's also Nathan. Suffering Nathan's what he likes to go by. His friends call him Suffragette. Uh, and I have a we... city. David Bowie <laughs> wrote a whole song about it. I know, I thought that was, uh, I thought nice that was of really nice yeah. of him. Yeah, he's a good guy. R.I.P. This is what were they thinking? We talk about bad movies, and uh, we're living up to that this week, guys. Yep. Ooh, did I say guys? Did I just reveal something too early? We have a guest. We have a guest here to talk about this movie with us because he is also kind of a comic book aficionado. Uh, well, welcome, please, returning to the show, Joshua Kotsabasakis. Hello. Hey now. <laughs> Yes, he will be doing uh, Hank from the Larry Sanders show for the remainder of this episode. <laughs> just, just lighten the earbuds up. Guys, we have so much to get into for this movie. Do, do so, we? I mean... For anyone wondering or did not read the episode title before clicking it, and why the hell would you do that? Uh, this is uh, 
We're talking about 2007's... Geely. Yes, 2007's Geely, starring Tobey <laughs> Maguire as Spider-Man. Uh, we were talking about 2007's Spider-Man 3, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, Thomas Hayden Church, <sighs> Topher Grace, J.K. Simmons, am I missing anyone? Bryce Dallas Howard. The, a movie aside, great cast. Yes. And, uh, right? Amazing cast. Oh, you, James Cromwell. James Cromwell, a blink and you'll miss him. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth Banks? Yeah. Uh, again, blink and you'll miss her. She's only in two quick scenes. So Spider-Man 3. Now, Spider-Man, I think we can all agree. Uh, I think we can all agree on this. The 2002 Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Pretty good movie. Yeah, pretty great. Pretty good movie. Spider-Man 2, I think even better. Yes. Spider-Man 3 comes out, and you're you're high off the hype of Spider-Man 2. You're ready for Spider-Man 3. And then imagine going to see a movie that is a Spider-Man sequel that is equal parts Spider-Man movie and also a movie about Mary Jane's failed Broadway career. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have to imagine any of that, Brendan, because I did that. I am just telling that to the listener if you have not seen this film, and why haven't you? <laughs> well, I gotta say, this is the first time in my life that when I saw this movie uh, that I ever uttered the phrase, I could do with some, I could do with less Mary Jane. I, um, yes. I liked how there was uh, four villains in it. Ugh. <laughs> Convoluted. We oh, had, okay. Uh, we had Sandman. <laughs> yep. Had yep. Mm-hmm. We had right. uh, New Goblin. Yep. And yep. Uh, we had uh, Tech- Amnesia. Oh, <laughs> and actually, you know what? I would argue six villains because I would argue Eddie Brock is a villain before Venom even comes into play. And, uh, and Mary Jane's a villain, too. <laughs> okay, seven then, because I would say the seventh villain is coincidence. Oh, I thought you were going to yeah. say technically the lizard because Kurt Connors is. Is yeah. the, well, I mean, and, he's not an antagonist in this movie, though. No, don't get any of that on you. <laughs> also, an, an interesting tidbit because it's a tidbit that's interesting. Because it's an interesting tidbit, right? If they had gone ahead with the fourth movie that was supposed to come after this, Bruce Campbell was supposed to be Mysterio at the very first of the movie. Yeah, that, that's why he has. That's why his cameos throughout the first three movies are of different characters. But let's talk about. So before we get into this movie, I just want to say the budget for this thing two hundred and fifty-eight million dollars. It, it all went to Toby's haircut. Do you guys want to venture a guess as to what this pulled at the box office? A lot. Three hundred. I think it was three fifty-eight or something, wasn't it? Eight hundred and ninety-one million dollars. It didn't get a sequel. This was a huge hit. I think that should tell people alone, like, how much of a letdown this was. Was that yeah. it raked in massive dollars, and they were like, oh shit, there's no way we're going to be able to make money off the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Take the money and run. But And the director really wasn't happy. Like, he was so unhappy yeah. doing this movie. It's- Sam Raimi had a miserable time making this movie. So we get the let's just let's just dive into this uh, this dung heap. We get opening credits. Get a lot of webs, a lot of venom. Previously on Spider Man. Yeah, of course we need to start with a visual recap of the first two movies. That's a strange way to go, but all right. I uh, I wrote that down too. Like I I really liked the Alex Ross art in the second movie. 
I wish they would have kept up the, like, I guess, tradition, if you want to call it that, of doing the same thing. If you're going to recap the last ones, bring in those those paintings of by Alex Ross to recap the second movie. That was the first thing I wrote down, too, is how much of a letdown it was that that wasn't there. It looked like a cheap, like you said previously on Spider-Man, it looked like this weird, almost like TV not like a horrible TV drama. Like a season beginner yeah. recap. Like yeah. season three. This is season three, and here's what happened at the end of last season. Last week on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> the first three credits come up. It's like Toby Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, or something like that. And you see their faces as they come up, but then they kind of abandon that, and it says Bryce Dallas Howard, and there's like a shot of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, too, about the, the opening credits that I wrote down was... um it kind of becomes a foreshadowing for how chaotic this movie is because oh. it's here's spider-man but then oh here comes the black ooze here's the symbiote and you're like oh right this is the the black symbiote movie but it's like then there's those grains of sand and you're like oh right this is sandman too mm-hmm. and then there's like hints to the new goblin and it's just like it's way too much and right it's, it tells you that right away in the yep, opening credits here's we're throwing all this shit at you in those next two and a half hours. Yeah. So, guys, what is the perfect way to start off a Spider-Man movie? I think the best way to start a Spider-Man movie, I'm just going to throw this out there, is a uh, approximately three to four minute musical performance from Mary Jane on stage. <sighs> Not to mention the, uh, the Peter being absolutely narcissistically obsessed with himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of a thread. That's a thread that starts before the symbiote is even introduced. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, so he's already kind of a dick. Yeah. And before um, the uh, that montage too, I just I just a quick note that I noticed the, the guy that shoots a spitball at him, mm. he's like the oldest bully alive. Well, they're in college. Yeah. Like, is it? <laughs> Am I the only one who found it weird that there would be, like, classroom bullies in college? Yeah, I thought it was weird that they were uh, shooting spitballs at him in college. He was, like, 45. Yes. Yeah. Like, sir. Also, I'm going to throw this out there right now, guys. Spidey sense does not exist in this movie. I I said the same. I mean, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but yeah. In the other movies, like in the first Spider-Man, when he finds out he has Spidey sense, he kicks that dude's ass. <laughs> Flash like, Thompson. Yeah, with no problem whatsoever. In this one, he's like, spitballs, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, so he's getting some montage at the beginning, he's getting bullied, he goes to see Mary Jane's performance, and it's a weird thing here too, because I think they're, they're obviously trying to say, like the movie is trying to say, that she's not doing a very good job. But... They don't really play that up. No. Like, I think she sounds, like, fine. They're not They're not making her sound, like, purpose, purposefully, like, awful singing. Well, they also don't... They also don't shoot any... Anybody else, really, in the audience who are, like, you know, trying to hear her or something. Because that was one of the main critiques. Yeah, which is... Isn't that crazy, though? That they would, like, use It Didn't Travel rather than just, like, Oh, she's a bad singer. Like, yeah. And there was even, what, two girls, when they walked out, they were like, yeah, she was all right. Yeah, yeah that's all we get. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we get. Because and we I had to get... it was supposed to be critics sitting, sitting beside Peter, uh-huh. and I was thinking the same thing. If those two guys... Remember the two... Someone sat on either side of them? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, oh, I think... like I, I, It was like a Mandela effect. 
was watching it and it was like, oh, this is the part where they like kind of cringe next to Peter and he's totally oblivious, but that doesn't happen. Nope. Like, I, I, re- I like remember that being the scene where they're like, oh, and they kind of look at one another and Peter's just so clueless. Yeah. But we gotta, we gotta get out of this as soon as possible so we can see that it's still Peter versus Harry. Mm-hmm. Or Harry... Harry v. Peter. It Harry took him Peter. three years to do something about this, by the way. <laughs> like, like, he just got triggered seeing Peter on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> like, <he> was, <laughs> um, but yeah, so Harry's like, oh yeah, you exist, or whatever. Outside the theater, he's like, uh, yeah, I killed my father, or whatever. And they're just having this conversation in like front of a bunch of strangers. Yeah, <laughs> and and Harry's been building himself up like he's been taking this like goblin juice, I guess, and he's got his, he got big muscles. He's got his helmets, one of which looked to me like just a regular motorcycle helmet. <laughs> um, he um, that was another thing I noticed too. Like he was obviously in great shape for this movie, mm-hmm. but he looked too lean. Like he looked like uh, I don't know, maybe it's what they were going for based on the design of the costume, but. He looked uh, less as a physical threat and more like a guy that would beat you in a race. Okay. Mm. Or like a Brandon, I was like Brandon Lee from The Crow. Lee. Yeah, like, um. I was going to say, gee, thanks, man. No, not you. No. <laughs> he definitely no. doesn't look like any of us, but I don't think we could beat anyone in a race. <laughs> Maybe if three of us joined up. I think that would slow us down even more. No, if we all got into a potato sack together. <laughs> maybe if they rolled a donut in front of us or something. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so while so after this, we see that uh, Peter has made uh, he and Mary Jane are in this nice little spider web hammock thing, uh. and um, I want to say too, watching this scene. Like, in the first two movies, they have great chemistry together, I, I think. think. The same thing, yeah. But in this movie, it was like watching two wet sacks of shit. Or, you know, a couple whose relationship is well past its expiration date. I just, no, I think the actors, like, I just looked, it didn't look like the actors wanted to be there with each hey, other. I actually wrote something down, too, where Peter, or Toby, whatever you want to call him, whether it was the Peter character or Toby the actor... He looks like we do watching this movie when he's watching the stars. He's like, yeah. wow, wow, see that one? Yeah. Well, I don't know neat. why he was watching the sky, because there were no stars in the sky tonight. It was all in Spider-Man 3. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you used that one again, didn't you? I did. Had God to. damn it. So, again, we go back to the whole thing with the Spidey sense not working, because there is a fucking meteor that crashes into the ground not far from them. Nothing nothing triggers in his head. Nothing goes off. Yeah, he doesn't even, like, He doesn't even take. hear it. Yeah. doesn't even hear a meteor crashing into the earth. It's, like, three feet away. And here's the thing. Like, in the, in the books, eventually, the symbiote doesn't set off the Spidey sense. Okay. But that's only after it is bonded right. with Peter and he's taken it off. Right. Yeah, and and that you know what I would be on board for that for this movie, <laughs> but they also don't incorporate the Spidey sense into regular everyday other things. Right. No, yeah. Like if they had just done it for the symbiote, I'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever, I get it. But they're also they also do it for a scene coming up in just a minute. Okay. 
So, before that, though, we, because uh, this movie goes back and forth like crazy. Yeah, and we meet. <laughs> this guy is going into the doing my damnedest to save this category. Uh, which is that? Thomas Hayden Church. Oh, playing Flint Marco, a.k.a. the Sandman. Some, some yes. of the best casting, in my he opinion. Is doing, he is doing great. His character is horribly written, though. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, being the snob that I am with books and stuff, it's not, it's like, uh, it's not my Sandman, you know? No. Hashtag not my Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I know he gets a lot of praise, and I might get some heat from this, but oh, I never thought he was that great as Sam. Kind of like what I was just saying about Toby. He sounds bored when he's mm-hmm. delivering. Himself. Um, I'm here to see my daughter. Well, what are you going to do? Rant and rave? You're on the run from the cops. You don't want to wake just, that neighbor's there's up. There's no emotion in it at all, though. Like, I mean, nobody... Let, let me just say this right now. This movie has a great cast. Um, also, Rosemary Harris, just throwing that one in there, too. <laughs> this movie has a great cast. But, like, despite this movie having an amazing cast and stuff, nobody's really killing it, but I don't think it's anybody's fault. I don't think it's the acting actors' No, faults. they're absolutely hamstrung by a, a total soup of a script. Yeah. Because the movie can't decide what it wants to be. And when we were watching it, I told Patty, I said, if this had just been a straightforward Spider-Man versus Sandman movie, mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. focused on that, I would have been very happy. Or focused on any of them. Focused on him versus Harry. Yeah. Focused hmm. on... I always thought, I mean, maybe we'll talk about this a little later, but I remember I had this movie played out in my head after I saw the trailer. And I thought it was going to be, okay, we got Spider-Man versus Sandman and Harry. And I knew Venom was going to be in the movie because they showed him in the trailer. But I thought the way it was going to go was he finally overcomes the odds. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like what he's become in this black suit. And he gets rid of it. And I thought the closing scene was going to be that church scene. Yes. With the, the symbiote. And then, boom, roll credits. The symbiote yeah. goes over the uh, foreman. And, uh, you know, boom, <laughs> venom. Well, and, yeah, like I would say, if you just had the Sandman and the Harry storyline, it would be a lot better. Minus the amnesia. Yes. Because yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> Well, let's get to this. So we have. So anyway, we have Flint Marco, aka the Sandman, played by Thomas Hayden Church, on the run. He climbs through a young girl's window, which I was a little confused about until we found out that it was his daughter. <laughs> and he uh, he's going to the kitchen to make food, and you know his wife walks in again, played by Teresa Russell, another actress who gets like two words in this movie. And she, you know, she says, like, oh, apparently you killed someone. Like, I don't want you around here. I don't want you around my daughter, or our daughter. Yeah. And I guess uh, this, I guess this is what I liked about Sandman. And Josh is right. He's, he was never given this kind of humanity before this movie, really, was he? No, they, they kind of turned it around a bit after this movie. And Marvel, in general, seems to do that a lot, where... Once the movie comes out, they tend to model their characters after what was in the movie. Yeah. So, for example, Doctor Strange is a lot more comedic in the book now, a lot more sarcastic. Um, and then Sam, Mandy, he was a lot more um, 
misunderstood after this movie came out. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what I liked about it because that's probably what I liked most about part two was that Dr. Octopus was a good guy making bad choices. Let's let's get to the next scene because Peter goes to talk about Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah, going to her house at like 2 in the morning. 2.10 in the morning, I noticed. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the milkman? <laughs> oh, came a bit early. He goes to Aunt May and asks for her approval or what? Not approval, but he tells her what he's going to do. And she's like, oh, here, take my ring and use this. Blah, blah, blah. It's a short scene. We need to move. We need to move forward. <laughs> yeah, it was just to show the, why the ring is important. Yeah. I didn't mind but, that scene so much. No, the little scenes are generally fine. But it's the stuff that they really put a lot of stock into that it's like, yeesh. Yeah, like this next fight. Yeah, so this next fight starts off, again, no Spidey sense. Peter just gets ripped right off his moped by the new goblin. Of mm-hmm. course, it's Harry Osborn. They have a, uh, apparently Spidey sense does not detect horrible CGI incoming. <laughs> and they have a terrible fight scene. <laughs> Why does the uh, goblin have a sword? I don't know. Uh, and also, it's a, can I just say it as a general rule, When aside from Back to the Future Part 2, as a general rule, when there is a hoverboard sequence in a movie, it's usually terrible. Um, it, uh, I, I hated his costume. Yeah. He looked like a, a ninja. ninja snowboarder. <laughs> yep. he, like he had the ski mask, he had his little black outfit, and he had the snowboard. Yeah. Like that game Bart was playing on The Simpsons. <laughs> Uh, I hated, I hated the suit. I hated his lightsaber. I hated his stupid ninja suit. I hated his stupid ski mask. I hated his stupid <laughs> yeah. snowboard. Like they show all the cool shit in his dad's lair, and he's like, oh, "I'm gonna wear the fucking ninja suit." Oh, by the way, if you're wondering, listeners, no, he's not yet Spider-Man. He's still just Peter Parker. There has not been a Spider-Man fight scene yet. That was off-putting. Seeing him do a Spider-Man gear in his. A Spider-Man fight, rather, in his Peter Parker gear. Yeah, I'm gonna. I kind of liked that. That's actually something I wrote down. Um, Maybe I'm in the minority on this. I always liked scenes in the book where, oh shit, he's there's no time to get in the Spidey digs. Mm. He it's now, it's not about protecting the identity now. He's he's got to go right now. Yeah. And there was actually some scenes in the earlier books with um, Ramita where um, he had to fight Harry's dad, the Green Goblin, like that. Okay. The Green Goblin just boom, here he is. It's it's I know who you are, and th- and that was that was also one of the dangers with um, villains knowing who he was. Not only was it his family was in danger, now where his friends are in danger, but anyone could attack him at any time. You yeah. Know, when he with the the idea the idea of a secret identity is he can kind of blend in. When you lose that secret identity, you're you're a target yep. all the time. So that actually didn't bother me. I I, do, I get what you're saying that we're so far into the movie and still know Spider Man. The idea of him fighting Harry as Peter though, I actually kind of liked. Yeah, and that's all I meant. Like we, you know, we're like twenty minutes into this thing, and he's still not. We still have not had a scene where Spider Man is spider-man you know what I mean? it's kind of like iron man 3 did the same thing it's yeah the actor's fame has surpassed the fame of the character mm. and that's kind of like what i thought here like toby 
Toby wanted to make sure his face was in this movie as much as possible. The way it ends is Peter just holds out a web, and we got like a Warner Brothers cartoon moment where, yeah, Harry is like clotheslined by the web, falls down, bumps his head. Oh, uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, Harry. Um, he's only severely concussed. I tried to decapitate him, but uh, <laughs> I tried to, I tried to I, decapitate him with uh, was just dude. Problem solved. Don't call an ambulance. Just walk away, <laughs> Peter. Well, and they the they do call an ambulance. He gets taken away. They're trying to revive him. But before we find out what's going to happen there, we go back to Flint Marco, who is running from the cops through the marshlands, climbs the security fence, and then falls into a particle testing facility. He also punched a dog in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And... There was a sign that said, warning, particle physics testing, keep out. Why do they need to put such a specific sign there? (laughs) Just, you know, no trespassing. Government installation. It is three in the morning. He falls into this sand pit, the particle testing facility, that these scientists are just like, yeah, we're just running tests at three in the morning. The worst scientist in planet Earth goes, ah, it's probably a bird, it'll fly away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's no cameras. There's no cameras to show them what's in there. Clearly the weight of a human being has been added to this, and they say, it's a bird. It'll probably fly away. It'll what, fly. what I don't get is, like, why even throw that in there? Why why put it in there that they've been aware that something's gone in there? Why can't you? Why can't they just be oblivious that something's fallen into this hole? And say, oh, it's probably a bird. What? Yeah. A bird? First of all, like you said, it's the size of a human being. That must have yeah. been some fucking bird to get in there secondly it's, it's new york probably big bird right <laughs> and, then, sakes. and then when he's like oh it'll fly away in a second like once you start revving that engine up and it's like oh this massive 200 pound weight hasn't bird. flown away <laughs> maybe we should turn it off maybe we shouldn't create a fucking giant sandbird uh, what were they testing i know it was particle physics what like what are they doing i don't know Josh, that's actually our new podcast coming up. It's called What Were They Testing? And uh, we just talk about this scene in depth. (laughs) We could still cover this movie, and the answer would be my patience. I can only assume they were testing on how to make living sand people. (laughs) (laughs) Like like most successful test ever. Hey, a bird bird landed. Let's see if this one turns into a sand bird. It's a back... (laughs) Backdoor prequel to Inhumanoids. <laughs> like, like, Shout out to what the were 80s. They, what were they, te- like, were they possibly testing other than making people made out of sand? I mean, <laughs> in a science test where they have a pit. <laughs> that they're running at three in the goddamn morning. What were they testing now? Whoa. <laughs> Back to the hospital. <laughs> Peter is told that Harry is going to be A-OK, but he has amnesia. And why does he have amnesia, Brent? Plot! That's right. And mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but apparently when you get amnesia, you just have a look on your face that you're high as balls all the time. Oh, that's James Franco. Okay. <laughs> because I think, what, the funny thing is, he has amnesia, but all he forgets 
He forgets that he got knocked out, but he also forgets that Peter killed his dad. But he, he does also... remember his dad's dead. It's like, yeah, yeah he, he forgets everything <laughs> right up until pre- glider impale in spider-man one right <laughs> he forgets he forgets where he lives yeah. there's a moment where they take him to his house and he's like oh this is where i live uh, oh, Burner, Burner, do i have any girlfriends Burner. <laughs> i don't know let me ask the rest of the muppets sir bernard bernard sound like kermit is the he joke. did yep so, back to the particle accelerator. Uh, the, the test is successful. As Josh said, they've created a human sandman. <laughs> also, so... Okay, guys, in the first Spider-Man, right? We it's Obviously, it's an origin story. It took yeah. Peter a good hour plus to, like, figure out his powers, mm-hmm. learn how to properly utilize them, you know, get in the swing of things, pun intended. Shut up. In this movie... The Sandman is just like, oh, I'm a Sandman. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, I get. I, can, I think I get this. It takes about forty five seconds. No, because he's trying to he's trying to pull himself together. I actually, get, like the scene, form I, himself I up. Have. Yeah. Um, can I go back to something about Harry in the hospital for a second? <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter should have fucking hit him with a brick in the head three years ago after he <laughs> killed his dad or didn't kill his dad. Um, and also, um, the line, did you guys pick up on this? He's like, my best friends. Yeah. I'd give my life for them. Wink. Foreshadowing. Like, I was, I remember, I wrote this down. I remember being in the theater, and I leaned in, and I whispered to my dad. I was like, he's 100% sacrificing himself for these people later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Back to Sandman. And I have to ask, and not that question. Okay. okay. Um... If he's if he's starting to figure out his powers and that he can shape shift, why does he stick with crime? Uh, I have no idea. Right? You you clearly have a, a, at least a sideshow level of success yeah. awaiting you. He should be applying, also, he should be bringing the shit to AGT. There you go. Talking Moving on to Peter's dank ass apartment. That's another thing, too. She's obviously making money. Like, why couldn't she be like, yeah, why don't you move in? (laughs) Oh, Mary Jane? Yeah. Also, so this is also where Mary Jane is uh, showing uh, showing him uh, the awful review that was written about her Mm -hmm. uh, performance. And she's very upset and, you know... He tries to relate... Yeah. He tries, tries to relate to, and tries to show empathy instead of sympathy and she's like, This isn't about you, bitch. I have to ask, do they fuck in that apartment? Uh if they do, they both have uh probably several diseases. And I can just bug, I can just bugs. picture it now. Rent? Rent? <laughs> do you, wait, if the guys if they're fucking in that apartment, Ursula's definitely listening through the wall. And she feels super, super jealous. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She's pretty excited about their relationship. <laughs> so just, I got notes on her. She'd bring her. Some, she'd bring Peter some cookies anytime he wanted it. Yeah, it's a good solid woman. <laughs> that Ursula. Yeah, he'd probably get a break on the rent yeah. as well. Dickovich. Dickovich. Did you, did you... I mean, it's it. I mean, clearly she's DTF. I mean, yeah. with a name like that, it's uh, it it rhymes with Dickovich. It's um. <laughs> It's a uh, tribute to 
the co-creator of Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Steve Ditko. Ditko. Yeah. Steve Ditkovich. <laughs> yeah. So Peter gets an alert on his uh, on his uh, police scanner. <laughs> there's someone someone hanging. There's a there's a crane out of control in front it, of a building. Yeah, and it's gonna take out a sexy Xerox photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, but before we get to just before we get to that, we see that that uh, that black substance, that symbiote, is in Peter's bedroom, and it's just kind of hanging out. Yes, it's not attaching itself to him yet. Like, it's just kind of it's just kind of chilling. It's fighting the uh, atmosphere New York cockroaches in his apartment. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I actually heard a theory from someone that like maybe the symbiote is so stupid that it's like trying to attach itself to non living things first. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is not working. Nope, can't can't be a pencil. <laughs> not getting any nutrients off this pen. <laughs> Did you guys but, notice too? Like when it was on his license plate, it was yeah. in the shape of a V. Uh, I didn't notice that because V. For, I get it. Stands for venom. It's clever. Venom. Yeah. Oh, venom. Yeah, venom's oh, in the okay. movie later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in Midtown. There is a building that gets taken down by a crane. There's a crane, and it starts smashing up the windows while uh, Gwen Stacy, played by the gorgeous Bryce Dallas Howard. Patty's note, nice boobs. Mm. She... Josh's note, nice boobs. <laughs> nice boobs. <laughs> it, it was well, so weird. Like, I remember, like, uh, whatever, I'm not going to get into that story. <laughs> <laughs> but she's doing a photo shoot, which I don't really understand because they kind of established her earlier as like a like a like a really really good at like science and shit. Yeah, she's but uh, she's also like a model. Yeah, well, because and I don't know. I feel like this is uh, this was kind of forced into the story or forced onto them because mm-hmm. let's get right down to it. Gwen Stacy was supposed to be Peter's first girlfriend mm-hmm. mary jane came after gwen stacy died yeah it's like one of the only things the amazing spider-man movies got right well she was around before gwen died but they weren't they uh, weren't a couple they they tried it and they just their personalities didn't work so yeah. they were just buds hmm. yeah but yeah, so Gwen Stacy is like, uh, so we meet her, uh, well we met her earlier I guess, but she we see her more for the first time and she's kind of hanging off the side of the building because like, well first she's hanging by like she's holding onto a phone <laughs> from the side of a building. By the way, 62 stories high, they mention that and somehow Topher Grace must have an amazing camera because... <laughs> He's able to, like, use his zoom lens to see that it's definitely her hanging from the top floor of the 62-story high building. He's just used to it because he 100% does the uh, George McFly routine in the tree. Stalks her. Absolutely. (laughs) What were you doing on the street again, Eddie? Was it bird watching? What? (laughs) What, Gwen? (laughs) Also, how fit is this girl? Hanging from 62 stories right? off of a crane. Yeah. I couldn't hang off of fucking monkey bars. <laughs> Eddie Brock, played by Topher Grace, he uses his camera, he sees that she's hanging off the side of the building, he tells her dad, played by James Cromwell, who I think he's in, like, one other scene, uh, and he's like, oh, and by the way, we're dating, which is weird, because I don't think they are. But <laughs> uh, Spider-Man shows up, uh, he manages to save her, and... Yeah, and then he manages to save her. Eddie Brock introduces himself, tries to take pictures of him. He's like, Peter's my guy. See ya. And, but he's trying to be 
charismatic and affable, which is again was weird for me for Eddie Brock. Uh, yeah, he. Um, I had here my note was Topher is just playing blonde Eric. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. To be fair, you know to what? Be fair. That's, to be fair, that's probably what they told him to do. Mm. I, I we talked about that actually be, uh, before we started recording that. Obviously, like, a lot of people pick on Topher Grace as Eddie Brock in this movie. But mm-hmm. he did a good job for what they wanted. It's just that what they wanted wasn't what we wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think, like, honestly, for what he has to do, he does as good as he could possibly do. <laughs> um, a side note about Gwen Stacy, if you guys want to know. Okay. Like, my cat's name is Gwen. Very good. After Gwen Stacy. Huh? So. Thank you. He's got a dog uh, named Nash. Yeah, I can't keep a... his quads on at all. Yeah. So Spider-Man Three, oh, Goofy yeah, right. J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this. So after this scene, yeah, we get uh, Peter Parker and Eddie Brock both going up to J. Jonah Jameson, and we have this really weird, goofy running joke about how uh, Elizabeth Banks, playing Betty Brandt, yep. it keeps like paging him, but for some reason the pager just like shakes his whole desk like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and, and she keeps reminding got, him to take they, his pills. They got some, I guess, some mild success with Jonah being kind of comical in the second one mm-hmm. where he's like you know he's she's trying to get a hold of him your wife's on the phone he's like hang up i don't want to talk to her about the whole wedding thing that takes place in the far superior second spider-man movie yes and even at the end where he's like tell the caterer not to open the caviar <laughs> so he can send it all back and get a refund mm-hmm. yeah but they they amp it up too much here yeah, I feel like this one it's like it's it's a goo it's a goofball comedy. Yeah. It's he's, not like he's still I really good, I think. Um he is. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the same thing. He he loses not he, like not JK Simmons, but the character loses a step yes. in between two and three big time. Yep. And another yep. thing too, just something that always a bit of a pet peeve of mine with this and the nineties cartoon is J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. It's J. Jonah Jameson is the name. Oh. It's even what Stan Lee refers to him as. I don't think a lot of people pick up on that. Mm. But it's, um, one, it's spelled J-A-M-E-S-O-N. And two, it's what he was referred to as in the 60s cartoon. And um, Stan Lee, if you actually listen to interviews about him and he talks about the character, he refers to him as Jameson. But the 90s cartoon onward just... Jameson. Like it's like one person yeah. called him by the wrong name and it just sort of stuck for the like or Josh is from an alternate dimension. <laughs> just like Showgirls 2. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Josh, watch Showgirls 2. It's great. But watch it in America. You'll get different scenes, but you won't get the pool scene. Oh, you yeah. won't get the pool scene. Watch it in Canada. Yeah. So, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Where are we at here? Okay, yeah, so they do the bit, the comedic bit with uh, Jameson. Can't Jameson. Rem- yeah, and he can't remember Brock's name. Keeps calling him, like, Bernstein. and Yeah, Eddie Brock and Peter are fighting over the the staff job, and he says, hey, listen, you got a picture of Spider-Man committing a crime, you got the job. He, uh, t- I like, too, that he offered him 50 bucks. And he t- I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but he offers Brock 50 and yeah. he's happy to take it. 
in the first movie, he says to Peter, uh, "I'll give you it's crap, crap, crap. I'll give you fifty bucks for all of them." And Peter <laughs> says that seems low. Yeah. And he goes, I think what he says, fine, two hundred. That's a standard freelance fee. Yeah. So I like the little to show the difference between Eddie and Peter. Uh, they, they, he tries to lowball Brock, and Brock's too stupid to pick up on it, and he yeah. accepts the fifty bucks. But we uh, we go to back to Mary Jane. She goes to attend a rehearsal session, but discovers she's been replaced. <laughs> and this this part, I was like, I was laughing so hard at because she get. After she's been replaced and she's been fired, she gets out of the theater, sees people clapping, and assumes they're clapping for her? Can we also, like... Question I've, mark? I'm happy to say that uh, I haven't been let go somewhere, but can you imagine being let go from a job and showing up to work, and that's how you find out? Well, oh, that's like, the thing. We fired you, like, a week ago. Like, I love how they even had the directors being, like shit we handled that poorly <laughs> yeah so and so was supposed to call your agent like it's so crazy though that she goes in the middle of the, the day to a rehearsal for five minutes steps out and thinks that this giant crowd is cheering for her i i wrote that in my too i was like gets mad at spider-man for existing yep like he just he just swings by and she's like that bastard i actually feel so bad for i feel so bad for kirsten dunce because there's no way they've given her nothing to make her make herself likable in this movie no no it's really a shame because i think in like again going back to the first two she's completely likable and you know great great chemistry with peter in the last two movies but they've just they've they've done this weird plot thing about her failed broadway career that really makes her really unlikable yeah, I, there's only I, like a couple times in this movie where I'm on board with her. Mm-hmm. There's not too well. Um, one of them I, coming she's up. A, she's mm. a good actress and everything. I never liked her as MJ. A Kristen Dunst. Yeah, I. She's not. They they did it on purpose. She was literally the girl next door. Yeah. MJ was never that girl. MJ was the unattainable. Right. MJ, Gwen was the girl next door. Right. MJ was the unattainable, and yeah. she's the girl that like nobody has a chance with yeah like you know the captain of the football the, the standard jock doesn't have a chance with her mm. and but for some reason she's into peter and they obviously went the opposite direction with it in these movies but i always looked at it and i was like man like she's just a she's a no pun intended a plain jane yeah. in these movies i mean we're on different sides i think acting wise for the other two movies but when you look at actors that are like you know i don't think they're too great in this movie kirsten dunst is great in a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. so it's like i i wonder how much of that could be attributed to her rather than just the casting and the and the, maybe the directing in, uh in general i i got the sense watching this that she uh she didn't want to be there i got the sense that for that for most people in this movie including toby mcguire mm-hmm. so after this, uh, Peter is being given, or Spider-Man is being given the key to the city for basically saving Gwen Stacy from the building. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Mary Jane's there. Everyone's happy. They do this whole thing where he swoops in. He's hanging upside down. And he's and uh, for some reason, the audience is like, kiss him! Kiss him! And he's like, go ahead. It'll give them a hell of a show. Mary Jane <laughs> is right there. Yeah. Watching on. Like, I know you're Spider-Man, but that's a dick move. 
She's absolutely right to be mad in this situation. Yeah, my, uh, my, my wife and I were watching this movie, and uh, she was like half paying attention. She's like playing some stupid mobile game. And uh, she just looks up at the TV and goes, why would he do that? What an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> A thousand percent. Why would he be like... And, and like, it's not like she was going to do it. He's just like, he was the one who coerced her to do it. Like, yeah, do it. Do it. It'll be great. She's just like, oh, hey, you know, thanks for coming. And he's like, lay one on me. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he didn't smack her on the ass and tell her to go get some copies. There, <laughs> there was a bit just during this scene or just before it where someone says Shazam. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Spider-Man. I yeah. like that too. It was a callback to the first movie when he tried to go web, go. Yeah. Fly. Up, up, and away, web. web. Shazam. That's um, a great scene, guys. Remember when we well, remember when we watched Spider-Man, <laughs> the first one? Yeah. It was magical. Um, uh, another thing too that what I noticed we grazed over and didn't talk about is actually, I think, I dare say, my favorite part of the movie is the Stan Lee scene. Oh, yeah, he has the cameo. Yeah, he, uh, I always liked that scene a lot. Uh, okay, so suddenly, guys, a cloud of sand flies in. The ceremony is disrupted. Uh, Flint Marco has made his way to the, uh, to the, you know, festivities. And he has a huge fight with Spider-Man in the back of a truck labeled, or sorry, first he goes into a truck labeled Manhattan Sand. Well, it's the best kind of sand. Because that's that. Luckily, that's just that's just hanging out in uh, downtown New York. So he hides in the sand, right? Yeah. And he's like, he's just hiding out in there. And the cops look for him, and they're like, "Oh, I guess he must be gone, because there's no way he's this pile of sand, because <laughs> we don't know Sandman exists, yet. right?" And then he's just like, "Surprise, bitch! Boom! Uppercut!" It's like, why wouldn't you just stay as sand? No one knows who you are. No one knows that the, you weren't a bird. It the... goes back to my question. Why even stick with crime? Like, he's just... Because by now, he's clearly figured out his powers. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys noticed, one of the cops in this scene is the uh, the head of the Mayans on uh, Sons of Anarchy and, of course, the Mayans. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's also in Z Nation. He's Turns a out a... Good character actor. Turns out the Mayans are uh, really bad predictors. Yes. <laughs> Not those Mayans, though. It's... And another uh, interesting tidbit, because it's a tidbit that's interesting. Because it's an interesting tidbit. Right. Interesting tidbits. He was in this movie that has Venom in it, and he was also in the movie Venom with Tom hmm. Hardy. He was the security guard. <laughs> so... Uh... Sandman and Spider-Man's fight takes place. It's blah, blah, blah. For some reason... I, I didn't like the inconsistency where, like, sometimes Spider-Man would punch him and it would go right through, and then sometimes Sam... And then sometimes he would kick him and he would actually kick him. Like, I don't really get, like, that stuff. But anyway, they have Plus their fight. He hasn't got a full grasp of his powers, even though we well, see I mean, that he has a full grasp Spider-Man, of his powers. Spider-Man's also quick, right? Like, you can't... I guess. You can't... If you're in a boxing ring, you can't block or anticipate every blow. But uh, he, um, the thing that bothered me in this scene goes back to what I was saying earlier about how I thought he was kind of dry, literally. Mm. Uh, Thomas and Church, when a Spider-Man, Spider-Man's supposed to be super arrogant in this movie. And he says, oh, I guess you haven't heard. I'm the sheriff around here. And he yeah. just goes, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's oh. what I would say. Oh. Yeah. Flint Marco wasn't ever known to be the wittiest of villains, was he? <laughs> the way he, no. you all, uh. I thought for a second when you said it, I thought it was Forrest Gump playing Flint Marco. <laughs> okay. And then I, my hand turned to sand, and it just kept on turning. <laughs> And then I was running. <laughs> I'm gonna find a cure, Jenny. This isn't the mummy, okay? Let's. Those them science men. They thought I was a bird. <laughs> I said if I was a bird, I must be a real big bird, <laughs> like on that Sesame Street program. Uh. Lieutenant Dan. Uh, anyway. Venom, you ain't got no legs. I just, I just have a note here that uh, MJ stands for majorly jealous. Oh, yeah, big time of everybody. The only one she should have been jealous of was Gwen, but like she's jealous of her own boyfriend. It's like, hey, listen, if you save the city from a fucking octopus man, then yeah, yeah. you can. You deserve to walk down the street and be praised. My favorite villain, Octopus Man. Octopus Man. <laughs> Does everything that an octopus can. Uh, the most realistic part of this movie, too. Fuck. Can he shoot ink at you? Yes, he can. He's an octopus. Uh, the the most realistic part of this movie, by the way, is it takes place at the, uh, the key-giving ceremony. Right. And it's when uh, the fox... Bryce Dallas Howard rejects Eric Foreman. <laughs> like, yep. It's like the most... Like, okay, yeah, this is a little bit grounded in reality. <laughs> He's like, we had that really hot date, and she's like, we got one drink. Exactly. He made it sound to Cromwell like, you know, they've been going hot and heavy for like a month or so, and she's like, we went out once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next night, Peter goes to a fancy French restaurant... And the Major D is played by Bruce Campbell, as we talked about earlier, uh, doing a pretty hilarious, ridiculous French accent. Yep. And uh, <laughs> so MJ arrives, he has this whole thing set up, and they do a little, like, silent movie gag where every time Peter goes to... Because he says he's going to wave, and that's the cue to bring in, like, the music and the wine and the ring and everything, because he's going to propose. So every time he, like, waves, like, he waves at Gwen, Gwen Stacy, and then he has to be like, no, Bruce Campbell, not yet, like cut don't come Mm -hmm. in so uh gwen comes in and says hey you know that picture of me kissing spider-man that's literally on every newspaper and readily available can i get a copy of that for my portfolio what something that could have been handled in an email your portfolio of what dudes you've kissed like i don't know she's a model remember (laughs) but it's not a model photo (laughs) it's an action shot I guess so, but it's also available anywhere. Yes, and also she could have also asked him that when they were in class, because right. they go to college together. Because mm-hmm. she's Mary a Jane, science model. She's a, she is a science model coming this fall to Fox, and she's like feeling him <laughs> up and shit. Yeah. in front of MJ. Well, yeah, she's got like her hand on his shoulder, being a little more touchy than she should be. Do you know what made this scene great? If Spider-Man's web just shot off while she was rubbing his shoulder. <laughs> oh, it does that sometimes. Uh, and uh, when MJ gets pissed at him after she leaves, I I pointed out to Jamie, I was like, did she just get mad for uh, 
him saving Gwen's life. Like, she's rattling off her mental Rolodex of all mm. the things Peter's done with Gwen now. And he goes, mm. you saved her life. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, like, what a piece of shit. Yeah. He should have let her fall off that crane. <laughs> Can you imagine if the symbiote had bonded with Mary Jane in this movie? Ugh. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. So, uh, this is where the movie really pulls a real fuck you to us. Is the next morning, Peter can't get a hold of Mary Jane, but he does get a call from James Cromwell, who informs Peter and Aunt May, Hey, remember when Uncle Ben died? I don't know why we're telling you this now, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, it was actually Flint Marco, a.k.a. the Sandman, who shot Uncle Ben and killed him. Yes. Not the thug from the first movie, who we've now retconned as just an accomplice. Great, 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 great plot development, right? This irked me to no end when this movie came out. It's because the it's supposed to be just a random thug. Mm-hmm. Always. That's the it? whole point. That's the whole point of that of that moment in the first movie. They kind of went back on it a little bit, but it was still just a random guy. Mm-hmm. What you later find out in 200 issues later is that um, the reason why I was in the Parker home was he had hidden a stack of money there in their floors okay. years before they bought the home. Yeah. So, But even still, it was still just a random guy. It was, And that was your point, is that it, there is nothing special about him. And the other thing, too, that bothers you about it is, like, it's his whole reason that he's Spider-Man, is he could have stopped this guy in the hallway yeah. and didn't, hmm. and then he killed his uncle. Yeah. Well, if he didn't kill his uncle, then who fucking cares if he let him go in the hallway? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to have every villain have this deep emotional connection with Peter to make it work. Nope. No. Like, they don't even... They haven't even really... Uh, been doing that with the newest one. I don't want to get into spoiler territory if Nathan hasn't seen it. Good, then you shouldn't. Okay, well then I won't go into it, but okay. not every superhero movie does that, though, is what I'm saying. No, true. It doesn't need to. doesn't need to do that. Once in a while is fine, but like this is this villain. He does this. Peter is a good guy. The end. There's your movie. Like, yeah. I was thinking, too, just during this conversation, they introduced Captain Stacy. I would have thought a much better use of him was if throughout the movie you would have showed that Captain Stacy and Peter also have a relationship somehow. <laughs> you know, what? even if it's not Peter and Captain Stacy, maybe it's Spider-Man and Captain Stacy. Mm, Stacy doesn't like him. Does look kind of like the one they had I, I'm thinking in the opposite. Amazing Spider-Man. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking because in the book, they were close. Okay. Peter, Peter and him were close and he respected Spider-Man but he didn't know. Huh. It's revealed later that he does. But anyway, if you would have had some type of relationship where maybe Spider-Man, because he's so well-liked now, he's got a working relationship with the police force, he works with Captain Stacy, um, he has a lot of respect for what Captain City's done for the city, and then Sandman accidentally kills him. Okay. So now you have your reason for a symbiote-induced Spider-Man to finally snap on Salmon. Because I, I, I have a feeling the reason why they did this whole retcon of Uncle Ben was so they have an excuse for him to wear the symbiote and just go ape shit on yeah. Sandman. But well, let's go... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I think... Because in the book, like I said, Captain Spacey and, and Peter Parker were very close. 
if he would have done something similar with Spider-Man and Captain Stacy, now they're all trying to stop Sandman, and maybe he does something where, to keep his sympathy, Sandman's sympathy, maybe he accidentally knocks a wall down that lands on Captain Stacy, hmm. and now he's dead. And Sandman's remorseful for it, but he takes off. Yeah. And Spider-Man's like, I don't care if it was on purpose. I don't care if it was an accident. I'm beating your fucking head in for this one. Well, let's get to the fight then. What's that? So, the symbiote finally comes into play here. Uh, It takes over his Spider-Man suit because he's just kind of... He's pacing back and forth waiting for the call to come in about Sandman because he wants revenge. So he's just laying there in his Spider-Man suit. It takes over... Not solving any crimes. Nope, not solving any crimes until he hears about Sandman. And now that the symbiote is on his suit, kind of changes his attitude a little bit. He uh, He's swinging around. He sees Eddie Brock trying to take a photograph, and he just breaks the camera, which, of course, he would have never done as Spider-Man, uh, regular Spider-Man. And then he finds Sandman in the tunnels. And actually, that, that scene where he breaks Brock's camera has the most Eric Foreman line in the entire movie. What the hell? Exactly. Uh, so he goes into the tunnel. He has another fight with the Sandman. He ends up finding out that, well, like he finds out, obviously, that uh, water will turn him to mud. Mm-hmm. So he unleashes this giant uh, vat, I guess, of water and drowns him. And because we got to write Sandman out of the movie for a bit because we've got so many villains. They literally have to have scenes like Harry got amnesia. He turns into mud for a while. There's poop in that sand, by the way. You know there is. <laughs> there's poop in that sand, yeah. So yeah, no. When he reforms, there's feces coursing through him. So Peter uh, is like, "Yeah, good riddance. Killed you," because he thinks he's killed the Sandman. Uh, and he goes home. He argues with the landlord, the Russian landlord, and uh, he he kind of realizes, "Oh man, this suit is like." totally changing my personality so he just takes it off which Which you can't do yeah which i thought i was confused at because like from later in the movie when he's trying to take it off like it it won't come off like he has a hard time with it but here he's just like boop boop it's off i'm good so after this he uh he visits aunt may she tells him like well i mean she just she gives them the uh the real Jesus talk here where she's like forgive your enemies and stuff like that but oh I guess I should mention before I think that happens he totally does a look into the mirror and hair flip down Oh god! and some people say like I know most people say like oh emo Spidey but to me he looked kind of like Hitler (laughs) (laughs) wow he kind of had the hair flip that Hitler has in some photos it was at this point that the symbiote actually formed a little (laughs) tangle under his nose too (laughs) oh but uh, yeah so after Aunt May it's just like no why would no I don't want to kill him like you said Nathan uh, uh, you know forgive and forget kind of thing I guess Aunt May is supposed to be a lot more I don't know, a, a pure soul. She's the moral center. Yes. And and again, another character that doesn't really have a lot of scenes. Which is a shame. Yeah, I think, oh yeah, she's a great actress, and I think she does one of the, I think she's one of the better performances, honestly. Yep. I think her age was getting up, catching up to her in this by this movie. Yeah. So after this, Mary Jane is like, 
I am feeling alone. I uh, feel kind of betrayed for that kiss moment. I'm going to call up Harry and hang out with him so they have an omelet dance party. He just bounces right back. I mean, just good like that. Dancing to, like, Chubby Checker? That was weird. That was so weird. I'm like, what? when is this movie made? Like, the 40s? Like, what the fuck is going on? And, you know, they're having this cutesy little moment where she's reading from a play that he wrote for her back in high school. Yeah, that that's not stalkerish at all. Yeah, not at, at the, all. I mean, you know, back the in the day. fucking Osborne sock hop. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the, you know, you see a pretty girl, you're like, you know what, how I'm going to get her attention? I'm going to write a three-act play. And have it. Uh, professionally printed and bound. That's right. Well, he had the money for it. Fair. That is, yes, fair. Uh, So they actually have a moment. They actually kiss. And then she she instantly is like, no, 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 this is not right. This is not right. I don't feel anything. I have to go back and I have to go back to Peter. And then, guys, the convenient amnesia starts to lapse. Yep. (laughs) And we get Willem Dafoe making a cameo for this movie, doing his uh, doing his absolute uh, best um, Harry Dean Stanton impression. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he basically is like, "Oh shit, I remember now. P- Spider Man killed my dad. Well, I guess I'm evil again since the movie needs a villain back." I, I love too when he has the um, the flashback and he's remembering everything. Yeah. He says. My dad died, right? And then the way he remembers it is Peter going, <laughs> Yeah. Father. He died, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary Jane uh, gets home and, and here's Peter's left her a message on her answering machine because he's still trying to get a hold of her. Yep. So as she finishes listening to it, the new goblin comes in. Harry is back to uh, his old uh, vengeful self. Mm-hmm. And he says, listen, Mary Jane, if you want Peter to live, you got to do something for me. And this is crazy because all he wants to do is have Mary Jane break up with him. <laughs> like, he doesn't want to kill him anymore. That's At his, least... yeah, that's his big, his big plan. And also, new... like, MJ has seen Peter do some pretty phenomenal shit at yeah. this point. He's seen him fight Harry's dad, seen him on a fucking train right fight doc doc octopus then she saw him like lift up all that a nuclear stuff. explosion right and, yeah and then she's like wow um this fucking snowboard ninja says she's gonna kill my boy or he's gonna kill my boyfriend i better break up with i better him. do everything he says because yeah. i'm not confident that he can handle himself also josh just to add to your point J- harry was taken out of the movie by spider-man <laughs> Right. So she like, didn't know she didn't she, know that, but yes. Well, I, oh yeah, I guess. I guess. But yes, like you you'd think she'd start to put two and two together like, "What? I don't know. I mean, don't strangle me. I mean, like please don't do that, but I mean like he can probably kick your ass. Like you're still battling a concussion. I mean, he has the proportional strength of a spider like, to a human. I mean, I'm just saying. Like I mean, Plus, You're he weird. also has these senses, these spidey senses that let him know in danger. Oh, wait, never mind. Nope, I mean, not he, this one. You, he's got webs, and you've got a snowboard and a and pumpkin bombs. So like, and a lightsaber, a glow stick lightsaber. How great would it have been if, as he's strangling her, she's like, ah, ah, "Here, three 
<laughs> it was derivative and stilted in dialogue. I alone couldn't elevate that material. So, yeah. Mary Jane says, meet me in Central Park. She, uh, she dumps him. She basically says, look, I'm in love with someone else, okay? And he's like, okay, well, that's weird. And then Peter soon after that meets Harry in a diner. And Harry's just like, oh, she broke up with you? That sucks. By the way, I'm the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Peter is very and then, upset. And then he's like, by the way, have you had any of this apple pie? Good lord. <laughs> like, he's, he was really into that apple pie. And then the, the, the waitress asks him how he like. It's so good. It's I so actually... Good. I will say that's one of my favorite deliveries in the whole movie. How's the pie? So good. How's that humble pie? There should have been a music cue there. Peter puts that suit back on. Oh, yeah, well... The black suit. Here's the thing. like with, with him in this movie, when he's enraged, even he's angry, I can get behind enraged... Peter Parker. I can get behind angry Peter Parker. I can't get behind my chemical romance Peter Parker. <laughs> well, before we get to my chemical romance Peter Parker, he does go and fight Harry. Yes. In his like, you know, in his uh emo suit and or or Hitler suit, I guess. <laughs> he, he ends up fucking throwing a pumpkin bomb at his face or he he catches it and throws it back at his face and like you know it looks like he kills him at first he's all about the murder and he's just like sweet the next day is we start the best stuff in the movie oh wait no we're not there yet first we do get the eddie brock thing so eddie brock has this picture of spider-man supposedly stealing money from the bank Mm -hmm. the thing that uh jay jonah wanted like spider-man committing a crime but Peter is like, yeah, I know you doctored the photo. He proves it to J. Jonah, and Eddie Brock gets his ass fired. But not before, yes, he has the line where he says, man, give a guy a break. And Peter says, you want forgiveness? Get religion. Yeah. (laughs) Which only exists so we can have the scene in the church later. (laughs) So the paper has to issue a retraction, and J. Jonah is very upset. But then we get Peter just strutting through the streets... Finger guns aplenty. <laughs> Thank you for saying finger guns, not finger banging. Nope. <laughs> well, maybe, because some of those girls were looking at him and they were very impressed. But here's the... It, we also, during this whole montage, we get the stuff with him and Ursula while he's on the phone. She's giving him cookies. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, why not Ursula? I mean, yeah. she's clearly a, a solid, dutiful woman. She's who's, cute. Yeah. Easy on the eyes. She's gonna make you cookies. She's gonna bring you those cookies, and she's gonna be nice to you. In fact, she's from solid Eastern European stock. Her name Ursula implies that she is probably gonna have the strength of a bear at some point, or she's strong like bear. So <laughs> I say, Ursula. Ever since the second movie, I was like, I really want her to have a bigger part in these stories, and she never did. And the movie does this weird thing, like, obviously we know, we're watching the movie, he looks like a total dork. Like, yeah. he looks like a dork that's trying to be cool, that's walking through the streets, but a I don't know rapey, what the... A little rapey, because a little rapey. He, he hits on Betty Brandt. 
yeah, he gets a little close to her. But I, I, I have a hard time deci- like deciphering what the movie uh, sees him as because sometimes you see like a couple girls walking by and like a couple of them are like kind of laughing. But then you get a lot of times where you know Betty Brant or like the girl at the jazz club later on are kind of looking him up and down, being like, "Yeah, I'm into this." So I don't know if the movie thinks he's cool and this is just Tobey Maguire can't pull this off, or if they're leaning too much into like both directions. Like and it's this, weird. This is where again the movie absolutely fell apart for me when I <laughs> went to see it in theaters oh mm-hmm. so many years ago. But watching it now, it was like magical because I was like, I needed this ridiculous moment to liven up this movie, but. Before he goes to the jazz club, we see that some mud is falling out of the sewer pipe and Sandman is back because, you know, Harry's out of commission, so we got to bring back another villain. And it's rife with poop. <laughs> He's full of poop. Yep. The jazz club, get gentlemen. Take on this. <sighs> Takes Jeez. Gwen Stacy there uh, just to make Mary Jane jealous. Again, he's a total dick. This this part is another one of her justified reactions. Yeah. Because he's an absolute schwanz in this scene. Wait a second. Does the Venom suit make him really good at piano? I don't know. Because <laughs> he just starts, he just starts like tickling the ivory like nobody's business. I would like to think that he learned it from Aunt May. This is okay. All right. It's fine. <laughs> sure. This, whatever. I, I just realized this now. There's a scene in the second movie where she's like on hard times, dusty road style, and. Uh, <laughs> She's uh, she's like, oh, I guess I'll start teaching piano again. Oh, there you go. Okay. I like to think that the symbiote only knows how people operate in, like, Dean Martin movies. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> yeah, piano. That's what I was doing in Peter's, park, Peter's apartment alone the whole time, just watching AMC or, T- or uh, Turner Classic movies. Watching, like, Ocean's Eleven from the 19, 1961. <laughs> there you go. But he, uh, yeah, he's being a total dick. He's playing piano. He's he's uh, he's dancing with Gwen right in front of Mary Jane. And Gwen Stacy, to her credit, is finally like, oh, no, you're an asshole. She's like, I'm so sorry, Mary Jane. I did not know what was going on. Peace. And that's basically the last time we see her. Uh, he goes so crazy. Like, there's security trying to kick him out. He goes so crazy that he turns around and just backhands Mary Jane. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, my God, what have I done? I have got to get out of this. i got to get this suit off of me. Suddenly, somehow, now that's like an issue. <laughs> Before he could just take it off. Now he's just like, I can't get it off. And I don't... Did, did, they, did I miss it? Were they... He, they explain how he figured out to get... He used the bells to get the suit off him? This no. is the part here. Where he, because he's in the church, he goes up to the church tower and he's trying to rip off the suit. It's not coming off. He kind of stumbles into the bell. And when the bell goes, you could see the venom thing freaking out and trying to get away. Right. And that's kind of, I guess he kind of remembers that. Even though he wouldn't have technically seen that, he would have felt it. He would have felt it, but he, I don't think he would have, like, been like, like, put, put it all together. Like, I think, <laughs> I think. But in, in the original. From my understanding, because it's been forever, uh, it it built up over time where he pieced it together that the suit was vulnerable to sound. So, like the, like the Venom suit. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's oh, like, like in the comics. Yeah, and even in okay. this and in the uh, Tom Hardy movie, they're susceptible to high frequencies. But I think the only way he knows is from this one scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's what we're saying. Like when he got rid of it in the bell tower in the books, it's because he knew he sound f- was going to weaken this thing. He figured it out. And this movie is just like another coincidence. Yeah. Oh, and another, again, another uh, appearance of the villain in this movie known as Coincidence is that Topher Grace, a.k.a. Eddie Brock, just happens to be praying in that church at the same time. Do you know how many churches there are in New York City? Yeah, several. And, of course, he's like, God, can you do me a favor? Can you kill Spider-Man? Because that's how prayers are supposed to work. (laughs) That's how religion works. God is your hitman for hire. Look, Eddie, the best I can do is give him a canker sore. Uh, like, I don't know what you think we do up here. Uh, it's really the other guy that you're looking for. He's the evil. He's the evil one. Like You're looking I, for the church down the street in the alleyway. Right. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I'll make him stub his toe, all right? Like, is that enough? Get him legally late for work next week. But Eddie, Eddie Brock, again, has amazing vision because he's able to look up into the tower and see that it's Peter. Yeah. When he when he hears the bells ringing. And, uh-oh, the symbiote does come off Peter Parker, but it goes on to Eddie Brock. This, this was also frustrating as well, because the symbiote is supposed to be a living organism. You know, mm-hmm. with the ability to think, because it latches on and they be- the two become one. That's the whole deal. Come on. Um, Venom, or Eddie Brock, doesn't need to see that it's Peter. The symbiote tells him that it's Peter when they bond. Mm -hmm. Again, his vision must be amazing. (laughs) So, he becomes Venom. He eats a lot of carrots. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Sorry, kids, that's... If you don't grow up to be strong and vengeful like Venom eat your carrots but when he eats carrots he eats them with his friends in a circle and the camera keeps going around them right (laughs) but he is venom now he's swinging through the streets and he stops by flint marco who at first he thinks uh, flint is like oh you're spider-man he says no listen we can team up together and Uh, defeat spider-man this is one of the most stilted exchanges in the entire movie so stupid and it's what bothers me about it a lot is not once, not ever, was Venom a team player. And now the first time you see him as Venom, he's like... Let's team up! He's recruiting people. <laughs> yeah. And we should also mention, this movie... Like, sure, he's been a part of Spider-Man, he's been a, the symbiote or whatever. But the first time we actually see him fully formed as Venom... An hour and 44 minutes into this movie... The, the entrance of a new villain. But again, coincidence rears its ugly head because <laughs> uh, Eddie Brock manages to get a taxi somehow and yeah. picks up Mary Jane, kidnaps her, and they take her up into a web suspended 80 stories above the ground. And uses the Spider-Man 1994 animated TV series font. <laughs> Which I'm gonna just point, I'm gonna just say this too. You have a giant web. 
You're, you, Mary Jane is in a taxi cab on this giant web. You don't have to write Spider-Man come and get her or whatever it says. Like, I think he gets it. Yeah. But Spider-Man is like, hmm, should I put on my Spidey suit? He's moving very slow for someone who should be moving very quickly. And... Well, he's, he's got to find the right flag to stand in front of. <laughs> That's right. He does stand in front of the American flag. Oh, boy. And when we went to see this, this is one of the, the memories I have that is just clear as a bell from when we went to see this when it was originally in theaters. Patty was sitting next to me. Spidey stands in front of the American flag for just a half a second to be America. Patty leaned over to me in the theater, and she is not one to talk in the theater, and says, that was a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Spider-Man is like, hey, he goes to Harry's apartment, he's like, hey, bruh, sorry about that thing earlier, but, you know, that wasn't me. Totally helped me, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, let's, let's team up. Oh my god, I didn't kill your dad, get over it. And Harry is like, just get out. So then... We have another real fuck you moment of this movie, and this is the clip I have, guys, that I want to play. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. Harry is standing around. He's wonder- He's upset at. Uh, he still hates Spider Man, and then all of a sudden, his butler comes by, old Bernard, and kind of explains the situation. If I may, sir, I've seen things in this house I've never spoken of. What are you trying to tell me? The night your father died, I I cleaned his wound. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. I, I know you're trying to defend your father's honor, but there's no question that he died by his own hand. I loved your father as I have loved you, Harry, as your friends love you. Also, he was really good friends with that Epstein guy. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Topical. I love it. <laughs> like, he was so angry for the last five years, and Bernard's like, I better keep it to myself. Gotta stay employed. Uh, I watched the bloopers on the the season three. The Spider-Man 3 DVD. Yeah. It takes him, like, fucking 45 minutes to get through that scene. (laughs) Well, because he's he's just an old man. He was, like, 102 when this was filmed. Seriously? And he's, he's like, not really. Okay. But he's old. The blade that pierced his body came from his gilder. <laughs> okay, his glider, that's right, glider. That's right. All right, here we go again. The blade that pierced his heart. That's right. All right, Johnny, you're doing great. Boy. You love getting the laughs in dailies. Okay, here uh, we go now. The blade that pierced his body came from your glider. No, his glider. The blade that pierced his body came from his trailer. What? <laughs> okay. We are listening to a man die. Let's get back. Pervy Venom. That's the next thing I have here. Pervy Venom. He just wanted to go back to his trailer. <laughs> yeah. Trailer. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's okay. funny because he's ancient. 
final scene, it's Venom and the Sandman versus Spider-Man and Harry, because Harry shows up to save him. He has his redemption. Peter finds out that Venom is uh, susceptible to sound, because he remembers the bells. So bells, he starts... the bells. Oh, like, how did he not remember that, though? Plot! But he starts, like, banging things together to make sound, to freak Venom out. Um, but Venom does manage to get the... He grabs the glider, right? Gilder. <laughs> and he, like, charges at fucking Spider-Man, and Harry gets in the way, and Harry gets stabbed in the chest. Yeah, and the, the whole time this fight's going on, one of my fav- one of my favorite parts in the movie happens where uh, J- Jonah Jameson gets held up for uh, like 150 bucks for a kid's camera. Yeah. <laughs> Film is extra. Film's extra. He gets grifted. So, in a more I guess comic book nerdy note, did were you bothered by the fact that they never ever said we and us when Venom was talking or when anybody who had the symbiote on them cuz that that's a major thing. Yeah. Not only in the comics but the cartoons anytime mm-hmm. you see venom it's always even when it's a brock he's talking about us mm-hmm. and not me it was and the symbolism of it too with, yeah. with peter peter's brain and and body was able to fight off the temptation of the symbiote enough just enough when it was bound to him right yeah it was always still peter with a hint of the symbiote yeah the the thing with the symbiote attaching itself to brock Brock let it consume him. Mm-hmm. So right away it was us. It was we because they were bound. Yeah. They were they were, you know, feeding off their feeding own anger, yeah. Each other. So yeah, it did bother me that never happened. Also bothered me that you never get a clear shot of him as Venom from like head to toe. Mm-hmm. When he's in full shot, his you know, mask is off or he's got that weird face thing going on it's um so that bothered me the giant and even when peter had the symbiote i didn't like the design of the black costume in this i was hoping for the big white spider Mm -hmm. so there's a few things that bother me about it but yeah that was a big one because that was the hint that these eddie just let it raid in so that fight comes to that so harry is uh harry is fatally injured yep he throws a uh, pumpkin he finally gets the suit off of eddie he throws a pump one of harry's pumpkin bombs at uh at venom but eddie is like no it like jumps in the way and so he also dies with the symbiote and after that we get the final moment of like sandman approaches peter and tells him hey listen but uncle the whole uncle ben thing it was an accident i didn't mean to kill him yeah, the guy you should have stopped in the hallway jostled me, and I shot him. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, they're kind of walking back on it, but it's still fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, he, Her- Peter is like, I forgive you, and Sandman just kind of blows away, like as if like Thanos snapped his fingers or something. Uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane go to Harry, and he has his little death rattle. He's like, and I love Peter you. Peter is an ugly crier. Like, oh, just- yeah hideous crying it's me it's it's a meme like it's a gif like it's a famous gif now of him just like ugly crying at the end of spider-man 3 (laughs) the penultimate scenes the second last scene is harry's funeral and then we get a very somber ending to this movie i actually have this as the 
Casablanca ending. <laughs> Mary Jane is singing. Peter takes her hand. They embrace and they slowly dance to Snow Patrol. Snow, Snow Patrol. That was the credit music. Is that guys? It? Okay. That was the that was Spider Man Three. That was the end of Spider Man Three. We were running really long, so I'm just I gonna actually, ask you guys just real quick. Okay. Uh, she got fired because she was she stopped singing in the middle of her song, doing her job because that's her job to sing at that club. She did that to dance with him. She was fired the next day. I mean, she was just in a cab on a web being held by two supervillains. I think she'll get it. I'll think she'll get off scot-free. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I mean, I heard that the people who went to that jazz bar claimed that her voice didn't carry over the third stool. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking monster. All right, so Spider-Man 3, guys. Uh, Josh, you're a guest. Go first. Would you recommend people watch this movie? Uh, here's... <laughs> I know I'm going to kill your whole gimmick here. It was... I said to... To Nathan, before we started, it's like I actually don't hate the movie. Um, I uh, I know there's a lot to complain about, and what we were saying before we started recording was like it just could have been so much more. Mm-hmm. It's a disappointment. It was by far the worst of the three. Not the worst comic book movie I've ever seen. It's one of those things where like when I want to watch those Raimi and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. I'll I'll still watch it as part of the, the three to complete the trilogy. Yeah. So I don't know. I if you haven't seen any of them, don't watch it. If you've seen the first two, you might as well finish it off. <laughs> so Nathan, would you recommend it? No. <laughs> In all honesty, like if if I now knowing if I want to watch a fun movie with Venom in it, I'm just gonna watch Venom. There you go. But if, what if you want to watch a mediocre movie with Sandman in it? Well, I have no choice, don't I? <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna join the fray and say, yeah, it's not great, but I mean, it's certainly not the worst movie we've done. Definitely not the worst, not even the worst comic book movie we've done. And if you're curious to see what happens after Spider-Man 2, give it a watch. Just don't expect it to be any good, except for the dance scenes, which are awesome. Ugh. And Bryce Dallas Howard's co-stars. Oh, right, the twins. (laughs) On that note, we're going to take a break. We will be right back. What were they thinking? What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. Hey guys, so there's a new app called PodCoin, which you can get on your Android phone, on the iOS device. And basically all you all you need to do is you use it to listen to podcasts and you get paid for it in PodCoins. And what you can do with those PodCoins, you can get gift cards, you can donate to charity... All that good stuff. And if you use our promo code WWTTPD, what does that stand for, Nathan? That's the What Were They Thinking Police Department. 
That's right. You use that promo code and you will get an additional bonus of 300 pod coins. You listen to our show, any other podcast out there, and get paid while you listen to podcasts. You're already doing it. Why not get something extra out of it? Head on over to your Google Play Store, iOS device, get PodCoin today. And we're back! Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get poetic. It's time for the low haiku. The low haiku. 17 syllables to sum up the movie. We just painstakingly broke down. <laughs> minute by minute. Maybe not minute by minute. Josh, as our guest... I understand you have a haiku prepared. Would you like to read yours first? Yes. Thanks. <clears throat> Topher, please go back. Back to that 70s show. Please tape Sandman 2. Very good, very good. Nathan, would you like to go next? Absolutely. <clears throat> this could have been good. Opportunity wasted. Hardy was better. <clears throat> we have three villains. Spidey dancing through the streets. It's gonna be... Sigh. Thank you. Very good, very good. Thank you. And Gauss approves as well. Hey. Okay. Well, we all talked about this movie extensively, but what do we always say, Nathan? Well, we always do say... Exactly. Do not take our word for it. You probably should. You know, we're pretty we're pretty great at this. We've been doing this for three years now, Nathan. Just take our word for it. Okay, yep, we'll what just were they thinking? Right the Bye, yep, there you go. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, because, well, let's take a look at this movie. So on Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score for this one, it is fresh, but it is barely fresh. Yeah. It is a 63%. And the audience score is actually higher than I thought it was going to be. Because I expected a lot of... Uh, this movie do, does get a lot of hate from a lot of fans. Mm -hmm. And it's 51%. So it's rotten and it's not, like, overly rotten. It's it's just on the brink. The cusp, if you will. Ooh, I, I will. Um, but let's get into these critics' reviews here. So my first one here is from Bob Mondello of NPR. And he says... At 141 minutes, this soup opera is seriously overextended with four distinct subplots and way too much hand-wringing over things like the heroine's singing career heroine <laughs> yes she, she I, is she's the not. hero of this no, film Nathan no no uh, our, our, our man Roger Ebert oh he says uh, too many villains yep too many pale plot strands, 
too many romantic misunderstandings, too many conversations, too many secret uh, crowds looking high into the air and shouting, ooh, this way. And then swiveling and shouting, ah, that way. So I feel that he just thought that this was one Spider-Man movie too many. And this is coming from someone who was all right about the first one and loved the second one. Yeah. Like, he gave the second one, like, a perfect rating. So this one is from uh, Manola Davis of the New York Times. He said, Aesthetically and conceptually wrung out, fizzled rather than fizzy, this latest installment in the Spider Bites Boy adventure shoots high, swings low, and every so often hits the sweet spot, but mostly just plods and plods along. Yeah, it's hit plods, that's for sure. Well, Joe Morgenstern of the Wall Street Journal, uh, he wrote, After two epic successes that deserved their successes, the latest installment swings between intense action sequences and unaccountability sorry, unaccountably flat dramatic interludes. There's a lot of music in this movie. <laughs> um, this is kind of a crazy critics one. Okay. Um, it says, it's a positive one. It's from Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. This is a, I think this is the last one I'm going to read here anyway. Yep. And he says, I liked it. To place a sensitive story in a male epic genre to dramatize feelings of angst and personal betrayal worthy of an Ingmar Bergman film and then to dress them up in gaudy comic book colors is to pull off a smartly subversive drag show. You are giving Spider-Man 3 way too much. (laughs) Alright, let's delve into the audience reviews. Josh, do you got something on IMDb? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is from... Epiphany 809, written oh. May 9th, 2007. <laughs> oh, As I was in line to buy tickets to this movie, at least a dozen people out quiet of the Spider-Man movie had just ended were warning that people in line, don't go see Spider-Man. I should have listened. It's like they tried to fit three different movies of three different storylines into this one. I mainly went to see Venom and was incredibly let down slash disappointed slash depressed to see A, Venom was played by Eric Foreman, and B, Venom wasn't introduced the last 25 to 30 minutes of the movie. The evil Peter Parker was a joke, apparently hitting on girls, playing the piano, (laughs) and looking like a member of Good Charlotte is really (laughs) evil these days. And the Sandman, well, let's see, he killed Peter's uncle, Tried to kill Peter throughout the whole movie, and in the end, after all their battles, I almost expected them to embrace in the sunrise. The Sandman begged for forgiveness, and Spider-Man goes, I forgive you, each with tears in their eyes. And Harry, he's been mad at Spider-Man for killing his father for three movies now. Enough. He should have been killed off from that grenade, which was probably the coolest and only evil thing that evil Spider-Man did. So can we finally move on to new rivalries? What a weird thing to say rivalries rivalries yeah (laughs) not to mention the fact that a grenade was strong enough to completely destroy the venom symbiote and eddie brock yet the one that blew up practically in harry's eye socket only caused a few scratches this movie was too long too dull and weak they should have picked one rival out of sandman or venom and made a nice well-developed 90 to 120 minute movie this movie did not deserve to have made half the money that it did one out of ten Jesus. Jinch K, that's the name it says, gives it five stars and says, This is literally the best movie of all time, and if you think otherwise, you don't deserve to live. 
So go see it, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then James B gives it five stars. Says I loved Spider-Man Three, one of the best movies out there. Ten out of ten. And then puts the emojis: finger gun, wink, finger guns, wink, finger gun, clap, wink. Well, Lalo P says, I do not think Spider-Man 3 is a bad movie. It just was not as good as the first two previous films. Really, Sony did not have to force Sam Raimi to introduce Venom. If Sam Raimi had been given total freedom, the movie, it would have been excellent. And we would have had an excellent trilogy like The Dark Knight. This is, this is five stars. They didn't put their name. Greatest movie of all time... Toby is absolutely incredible. Better than Shawshank Redemption and Godfather combined. Watching it cured my depression. Five stars. I hope that was tongue in cheek. I hope so, but I kind of <laughs> hope also that it wasn't. <laughs> I got two quick ones. Now, okay. this one here uh, is three and a half stars. So almost four stars. Mm-hmm. They start off with... Not a great film, but definitely not bad. It's the worst in the trilogy, but you can't have a bad time watching this. I beg to differ, but he gave it three and a half stars. A five star from Winchester B. Real, real simple. Ah, Rosie. I love this movie. What? That's the review. Okay. I feel like that. I feel like that was a DM he accidentally posted on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right, Josh, if you got one more, we'll hit it up. If yes. not, we will move on. It's a movie that just didn't work very well. They tried to make it work, but didn't really believe in all the characters. So that can be fit. That can't be hidden from people who love Spider-Man. If the director doesn't love something, it's wrong of them to make it when so many other people love it. I think when they raised the stakes after Spider-Man 2 was thinking, going into it, and I think that's what doomed them. I sh- they should have just stuck with the characters and the relationships and progressed them to the next step and not tried to top the bar. Awful. Written by Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> Five stars. There you go. Alright, well that we come to the end here. Uh, is Montrose asleep? I uh, no. Remember, I told you from when we're doing the late night stuff. I have uh, some pre-recorded. Okay, go ahead, play yeah. that. Hit that up. Who? It's your good friend Montrose Monkington the Third here. Uh, feel free once you're done listening to this podcast to head on over to my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, once you're there, you can view some of the finer videos that I have produced in the last oh, better part of three years. Also, uh, feel free to find me on Facebook, Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends. And finally, you can follow me on that Twitter device of yours at uh, Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. Thank you. More later. Thank you. And I also want to thank uh, Josh. Thank you very much for being on the show once again. Yeah, thanks. I had a lot of fun talking about this movie. Um, Talk about another great film. Yeah, I can't wait for next week when you have me back uh, to see. I believe we're talking about the Chris Klein, LL Cool J, and Wreck of a Main rollerball. Josh, I hate to tell you this. We've already done it. I know. (laughs) We're rebooting it. 
<laughs> I, I just have visions of Josh listening to that episode and, and throwing in quips on his own. <laughs> this is what I would have said here. <laughs> Ladies love Cool James. Uh, yeah, so Josh, we'll definitely have you back for Rollerball when we do that episode again. Uh, that'll be next week, of course. No, it's not going to be next week. We got to talk about what's next week. Nathan, give us a little hinsky. What's coming up next week? Give I'll us a give little taste. A little for sure. Okay. Man, SCTV alumni in the same movie? How can we lose? That's a little hinsky from Nathan. Josh, where can they find you on the Twitter bot? At the code <laughs> Sabulous. I okay. forgot. It's like fabulous, but you add K O T S. And then Abulus. Yeah, that's it. At the yeah. code Sabulous. On, on, on the Twitter. On yeah. the Twitter. I have funny tweets, people. You should follow them. <laughs> Add them on Facebook, too. Just be a rando adding them on Facebook, like a real creep. <laughs> I got a lot of our loose people who did that the other day. And I will say that uh, you can find us on all the podcatchers. If you if you're listening to that, you know you're listening to a podcatcher right now. We're on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, WWTT Podcast Podcast I am starting to lose my mind after talking about Spider Man three for so long. We're on. Uh, uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash WWTT podcast, Redbubble, T Public, all that good stuff. Uh, I never usually mention this, but you can also follow Nathan individually at NES Spavold, right? Super NES Spavold, sorry. Yeah. On the Twitter, Nathan. Yes. Do you have any questions to wrap this up? Well, um, I guess it's not so much necessarily about this movie or about the movie in and of itself. Uh, Brandon, uh, Sam Raimi, uh, he did a lot of well, love towards Spider-Man in the first movie. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he did some fantastic love for Spider-Man in the second movie and even had some nice touches of his old filmmaking horror, uh, movie techniques, uh, in that, like when the, 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 the scene where the, the, Robotic arms for Dr. Octopus come to life. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Great scene. Great right. scene. Yeah. Uh, so for him to take like a gajillion villains, try to stick them all into one movie and make it a coherent story, mm-hmm. I, I just have to know. Ask away, my man. What were they thinking? 